During the Italian lockdown, I rearranged my cookbook collection. I used to be a cookbook order. I remember that with one of my first salaries, when I was working in an office, I went into my favorite bookshop in Siena and bought two big cookbooks with beautiful pictures bringing me with it inspiring recipes. They were the first proper cookbooks I had bought. In my house, there was just half a cooking encyclopedia my mom had started to collect when she was newly married, and nothing more. My grandma had a few reliable cookbooks, including her favorite one, written by Pellegrino Artusi, a gift she had received from her best friend on her wedding day. Now it was my turn. I had to start my own cookbook collection, and I took it seriously. I slowly started buying whatever felt barely interesting, often fascinated by the glossy pictures more than by reliable recipes. If buying clothes was somehow intimidating, as I could never find something that would suit me, with cookbooks it was different. They were practically falling into my hands, coming home with me. They were building my own culinary identity. When I was still living with my parents, I had a double bed in my bedroom. I used to sleep with a stack of cookbooks next to me, so that I could live through them just before falling asleep. This would grant me the most inspiring dreams. Before the new episode, I would love to thank you for your precious support. I'm really touched by your comments, humbled by your feedback, happy to know that this podcast brings some peace, inspiration, practical advice and lightheartedness in your daily life during such difficult times. If you want to stay updated as not to miss a single episode, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you are listening to a podcast and share cooking with an Italian accent with your friends. If you like this show and you are listening to this podcast on an Apple device, please consider rating and reviewing the show. How to do it is very simple and straightforward. Open the podcast app, click on our podcast and scroll to the bottom of the podcast main page. There you can rate and review the show. This will help us enormously to be more visible so that new people can discover us and share the same passion for Italian food. Last but not least, Remember that you will find all the links to the recipes we mentioned today in the episode show notes. And don't forget to visit juleskitchen.com for new stories and recipes from Tuscany. And now, let's start! Ciao! My name is Giulia Scarpaleggia. I am a Tuscan-born and bred country girl, a home cook, a food writer and a photographer. I teach Tuscan cooking classes in my house in the countryside and I've been sharing honest, reliable Italian recipes for 10 years now through my cookbooks and my blog, juleskitchen.com. If you love everything about Italian food, big crowded tables and seasonal ingredients, join us and follow this podcast, Cooking with an Italian Accent. My name is Giulia Scarpaleggia and you are listening to Cooking with an Italian Accent, episode 39. Yes, today we are talking about cookbooks. When I was organizing my cookbooks on the bookshelves, I rediscovered some favorites from the past that needed some more love and realized that there are cookbooks that I barely opened after the initial I desperately need this book enthusiasm. So I thought I would share some of my favorite cookbooks here on the podcast as you might find them interesting too. Today we're talking about cookbooks on Italian cuisine, 
but do not expect the last cookbooks published by new famous food writers. We're going back to the past. The first one had to be Science in the Kitchen and the Art of Eating Well by Pellegrino Artusi. His book, first published in 1891, has come to be recognized as the most significant Italian cookbook of modern times. Pellegrino Artusi is ahead of his time and chose for his book recipes that today, after more than a hundred years, perfectly embodies the contemporary spirit. This is what happens with classics. They never cease to amaze. They have always a contemporary appeal. You will find in this book alternative flowers like almond flour that will satisfy even those with an intolerance to gluten. A few simple ingredients that do not overweigh the preparation, a very modern and fresh taste, not too sweet. He is heavy-handed on eggs sometimes, as in his recipe for pasta frolla, the Italian rich shortcrust dough, but this is yet another reason to love him. Sometimes you look everywhere to find the inspiration, and it's there in the book that my grandmother received as a wedding gift on the day she got married, the same book that we browse together every time we need to check a recipe or a procedure. This is the perfect book for those in search of a basic book on Italian cooking, for those who want to learn to cook from the basics, for those interested in bits of history, daily life and humor nicely intertwined with recipes. There are many recipes on the blog taken from his book, like the lemon and almond pudding I shared just a few months ago, his ricotta pudding or his potato cake, both delicious, gluten-free and with a subtle lemon scent, but also a chocolate pudding, a soft, wobbling and refreshing chocolate dessert you don't want to lose the chance to try especially because it is not too sweet as you drizzle it with a thick coating of dark caramel. The second cookbook is Il Talismano della Felicità, better known abroad and translated into English as The Talisman, Italian cookbook, written by Ada Boni. This book doesn't belong to my family tradition, but I bought it after a few years of blogging and I fell in love with it. The original version dates back to the 1929, it was the Bible of the perfect housewives until a few decades ago. It was usually a gift for the young and inexperienced brides in their wedding day, a good omen for happiness at the table and in the couple. Adaboni is a witty woman. She's a lady from another era, yet her recipes range from traditional Italian dishes to more international ones, clue of a curious approach to cooking. I recognize in her intros Jane Austen's subtle irony, they have the same way of talking to landladies and young women of marriageable age. Light-hearted and fun, though always appropriate. Adaboni gives precise directions and drops here and there her wise advice. Advice that you'd better follow if you want to get a good result. Though she's also able to leave you free to follow your own path and inspiration. In addition to being a cookbook, it is also a coming-of-age book. Some recipes might sound a bit old-fashioned, as when she asks you to fry a sausage in butter before adding it into a crisp rice gratin with artichokes. I tried her stuffed carrots, her crisp dried fruit cookies. I was checking the recipe yesterday as I really want to bake them again to finish all the odd bags of nuts in my pantry. 
I tried also her semolina gnocchi. Yes, Tommaso's comfort food and many other recipes, which all came out fantastic. This is the ideal book for those who like old-fashioned recipes, for those who are not scared by a good scoop of butter, for those who want to live another era to recipes and witty comments. The third book is Paolo Petroni's Recipes from Tuscany, Traditional Home Cooking, Yesterday's Flavors for Today's Taste. When it comes to Tuscan recipes, though, some of my trustworthy references are Paolo Petroni's cookbooks, especially Recipes from Tuscany, followed by the complete book of Florentine cooking. Paolo Petroni is definitely more contemporary than Pellegrino Artusi and Ada Boni. He's a Florentine journalist and the president of the Academy for the Italian Cuisine. His books represent a real treasure trove of authentic Tuscan recipes. If you follow his advice, you can cook real local food, uncomplicated, genuine, the same food you can find in many Tuscan households or trattorias. On the blog, I share this fried bomboloni, a seasonal Renaissance salad with foraged herbs, the alkermes, the iconic crimson liquor from Florence, the buccellato from Lucca, and the pilgrim's cake from Pisa. Every time I cook a traditional Tuscan dish, if I'm not completely sure about the recipe, or if I want to check another source for ingredients and method, this book is the first one I would open. This is the ideal book for those who want a complete book on Tuscan cooking, with simple, genuine recipes to bring the real taste of Tuscany in your kitchen. This is the end of today's episode of our podcast, Cooking with an Italian Accent. Which are your favorite cookbooks about Italian cuisine? Are they contemporary or are they older cookbooks? Are they written by Italians or by foreigners who fell in love with Italian food? Share your favorite books with us via email or on Instagram using the hashtag cooking with an Italian accent and tagging Jules Kitchen. If you have questions about Italian and Tuscan cooking, just email me at jules at juleskitchen.com or join our Facebook group, Cooking with Jules Kitchen. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to a podcast and share it with your friends too. You will find all the links to the recipes we mentioned today in this episode show notes. And don't forget to visit juleskitchen.com for new stories and recipes from Tuscany. Ciao!